Good Wednesday afternoon. Welcome back to the Gleaned Podcast. Remember, do a little housekeeping first. If you're on Facebook Live, click the like button, click the share button. It's your job to help us spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all over social media. Somebody on your friends list needs to hear this word tonight. Also, if you're on uh, YouTube, you can hit the like button. You can also share it through text. Uh, If you're on any of the podcast platforms, we're on all the major podcasts. You can share those as well. If you're on Facebook Live or YouTube, uh, let us know where you're watching from and uh, comment back, interact with us. If you have any questions during the podcast, put them up there. We'll try to answer them as quickly as possible. If it's after the live part and you're watching it later on down the road, if you got the question, go ahead and put it in the comments and we will get back to you in a timely manner as soon as we can get a hold of it and get an answer. We'll get it to you. But we're so thankful that you're here. We appreciate every week you tuning in with us because we believe that by sharing the Word of God, if you receive it, it will change your life. We've got my pop back in the studio. We're glad to have you back tonight. I'm getting tired of doing this by myself. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I, it's hard to interview myself, you know. But uh, and then, as always, we've got Josh in the in the background back there. He He's running the show, so uh, he's keeping up with all that stuff. But uh, last week, the week before, we talked about the importance of family. And then we talked last week about the importance of church. Why church? Because I believe that both of those marriage or family and church are the two things that God instituted in the Bible. And the enemy has went after both because if he can tear the family down, he can destroy the church. And there's a lot of importance there of why we need the, the what we consider the nuclear family so we can go to church. But tonight, I want to get into the power of agreement because when you look at what's going on in the world today, uh, you know, uh, as the Speaker of the House went to Taiwan. Now China's uh, saying all these different things, you know, and 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 bowing their chest out, which it could be just a, a bluff, but you never know. Uh, some people are saying we could possibly be on the brink of World War Three. You've got monkeypox, you've got COVID, you've got a couple other diseases that they've come out with now. And, uh, you know, our economy, of course, is just, you know, we're, we're facing inflation. We're in a recession, according to what the world says. Uh, gas prices are out the roof. There's food shortages. Uh, you know, the prices of the food that we have is ridiculous. People are having to uh, decide, some people, whether they're going to eat a meal or they're going to get a tank of gas or they're going to go to work or they're going to feed their family. One of the two, which if you don't go to work, it's hard to feed your family. But we're faced, I believe now, we're living in the last of the last days. We're on the downhill slide. There's only according to God's time clock, I believe, a few more minutes and and we're going to be out of here. But until then, he said, occupy till he comes. Well, it's one thing just to be here, just to occupy. But I believe that what he also meant there is to thrive because in the midst of adversity, in the midst of trials, in the midst of persecution, 
the Bible says to let our light shine. Well, if if I'm broke, busted, and disgusted, I'm not shining no light. I'm I'm aggravated. I'm frustrated, and a lot of times, even the strongest Christian by theirself can get down. But when you can get with somebody that believes like you do, sometimes you need somebody that'll come by and just give you a little pickup, a little bump in the arm, and encourage you. And that's what I believe and why I believe the importance of agreement is so important now more than ever is because we have to surround ourselves with like faith people, people that believe like we believe that's going to speak the word into our life. The Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron. So that means, and like on these Wednesday nights, when we're talking back and forth about the word of God, it stirs my spirit. I know it stirs your spirit. So I believe that as we go into this and people will grab a hold of this, you'll understand, yes, we have to go out and witness to people, but the core group of people you have around you need to be people of like faith that can come into agreement with you and believe God with you and vice versa, you with them, so that that we can have the desires of our heart, our needs can be met, and our strength will stay up and we can focus on winning the lost instead of having to worry about, is God going to provide this for me? How am I going to make this happen? How is this going to happen? And, um, you know, I think as we dive into this tonight and unpack what agreement is according to Scripture, uh, I believe it will give people a better understanding. I think sometimes people get the misconception that for me and you to agree on a matter, that we have to see eye to eye on everything dealing with the matter. But that's not necessarily true. We can agree on this is the top of the mountain, but we may not agree on the journey to get to the top. So, you know, we have to be able to negotiate. Sometimes agreements, when agreements are made, they're negotiations made. You you know, if we agree to do X, then when we come to that agreement, you may have to forfeit uh, C and D, and I may have to say, well, if you'll let go of that, I'll let go of uh, A and B. But if you'll do that and I'll do this, now we can get to X. You know, we can agree together on that. So it's not necessarily about agreeing on every single detail, but it's about the end result. Can we agree on that end result? And I believe that, you know, as we realize that agreement is that important, that it will begin to open up the word of God in our life and the blessings of God in our life as we go through these end times. So uh, real quick, uh, Josh, you had the definition of agreement. What was that? Yeah, let me pull it back up because I <laughs> took it. My bad. <laughs> no, right. Now, here it is. So I, I really like this. Um, and an agreement is a negotiated and typically legally binding agreement between parties as to a course of action. And I really, it's really key in there, that course of action, the action that it takes when two people come together. So there's not just a, a part of just verbally saying I agreed to something, right. but it's also the commitment of that you're going to see it all the way through. Right. That's good. Now, as we we start into the Word of God, when when you begin to think about agreement, what's one of the first, I guess, scriptures that really come out about understanding the importance of agreement, even all the way back into the Old Testament? 
<clears throat> before we get into this, uh, I know you mentioned about talking about the importance of family. Yeah. Uh, not only our natural family, but our church family. Right. And if it's okay with you guys, I'd like to go back uh, just a little bit and share, uh, you know, what I've been through for right. the last uh, couple of weeks and uh, to really drive home the importance of having not only a natural right. family, mm-hmm but having a church family. Right. And uh, that really, I mean, I've always, of course, believed in the church. Right. The importance of having a home church that you can belong to and that you people you can fellowship with. And lots of times, uh, I know in my case, uh, you know, my brother lived in Asheville. Mm-hmm. Uh, my oldest sister lived in California and my Next oldest sister lived in Harrisburg, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we didn't really see them that often. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple of times a year, uh, but uh, so a lot of times I felt, you know, that I was maybe even closer to a lot of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Right, and it's not that I didn't love my natural right. family; I just wasn't around them that much. Yeah, but. Uh, I don't know. Uh, some of you may know, and there may be a lot of people that didn't know, but uh, over the uh, last uh, several months, beginning, I believe, it was the first Sunday in May, right. uh, my brother passed away, had mm-hmm. a stroke. Uh, then 11 days later, my wife's brother died. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the same morning, uh, my next to the oldest sister's stepson passed away. Right. And then we had uh, weddings in, in between mm-hmm. all of that. And so we were really running back and forth. And, uh, of course, uh, I began to have some physical problem. <clears throat> Would, uh, you know, I uh, passing out. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know uh, what was causing it. But uh, they sent me to the hospital and, uh, you know, through tests that they did, uh, they found out that, uh, you know, it was coming from a condition in my heart. And uh, there's no way, of course, I could pronounce the medical term because it's about that long, you know. But, uh, you know, in that, uh, of course, uh, my you know, immediate family mm-hmm. was praying for me. Uh, and, of course, the church people, my church family was mm-hmm. praying for me during all of that. And, uh, you know, I they were calling, of course, and checking on me to see how I was doing. And uh, I could really feel, uh, I mean, sense spiritually, I could sense the power of those prayers. Right. The agreement. Mm-hmm. Prayer of agreement, right. agreeing, praying, believing God to help me through this situation. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it was uh, more serious than what I mm-hmm. was expecting to hear. Uh, when the cardiologist came uh, into my room after they had done a MRI of my heart, 
uh, he said, uh, you, you ought to have been dead two or three times. <laughs> and I thought, but I'm not. That's right. You know, <clears throat> and uh, I believe it, uh, you know, of course, is uh, because of the power of prayer, mm-hmm. agreement, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But uh, I, I really began to see in a greater way, a greater depth, the importance of a church family. Right. You know, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, you know, having uh, that knowledge that people, and they were people outside of our, uh, you know, own right. local church, uh, that still they're our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in Christ. And uh, they, they were a great number of people that was praying for my well-being and healing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, also, you know, the Bible talks about the importance of having a church family. Mm-hmm. People of like faith, you mentioned, yeah. you know. And so we need that. And I, I want to encourage anybody that is watching or listening tonight, uh, how important, if you don't have a local church family, mm-hmm. you need to find one. Right. Uh, you know, and a lot of people, they use all maybe all kinds of excuses why uh, they don't want to go to church or, mm-hmm. you know, I can watch it on television or, uh, you know, I can listen to tapes and all that's well and good. But it still don't take the place of a local church family Mm -hmm. that you can be a part of, uh, be involved in, and uh, to know the people, fellowship Mm -hmm. with the people, and uh, you're growing together spiritually. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is a power in that. And uh, that you you won't get any other way. Right. And... uh, you know, like I said, you you may say, well, I I got my favorite preacher on TV. Well, that's all right, but I'm gonna tell you something. He's not gonna come visit you in the hospital. Right. He's not gonna uh, marry you when mm. you want to get married. He's not gonna bury you when you die. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, he's not gonna be there with you through the mm-hmm. problems that you're going through. You you. And I and I'm not opposed to right. that. I mean, I watch different ministers on uh, TV as well, mm-hmm. but I love my church family, mm-hmm. my local family that I'm a part of. Right. And so uh, I just wanted to, you know, put that in, and it still uh, will go along with what oh, we're yeah. talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. The power of agreement, mm-hmm. uh, because there was, uh, you know, a presence of God and a peace of God that was upon me during all that I went through. And, uh, you know, thank God, mm-hmm. here I am tonight. Amen. And they, the cardiologist himself said, you, you, you should have died two or three times. Right. But here I am tonight being able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I believe it was through the prayer of agreement, mm-hmm. faith, and the promises of God's yep. word. And so... I encourage anybody, you know, if you don't have a local church body that you're a part of, you need to pray and ask God to lead you to the church you need to be involved in. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about a Bible-believing 
uh, church, you know, that believes the unadulterated word mm-hmm. of the living God and become a part of that and fellowship with like-minded believers. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you need that. And like you said, uh, you know, you, you that, in other words, there's no one, and I mean no one, I don't care who they are, how big they are, or how big they think they are, or what all they may have in possession, mm-hmm. uh, there's no one person that is an island to themselves. That's right. Everybody needs somebody. Mm-hmm. And I that, that means you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking to you. That means you. I need somebody. Right. And everybody needs somebody that they can trust, they can believe in, and know that when they... Uh, you know, want uh, agreement in prayer or encouragement or mm-hmm. whatever. And two, you know, you mentioned that we're living in the last of the last days. I believe that with all of my heart. Uh, but, uh, you know, and the Bible said in Hebrews ten twenty five, forsake not mm-hmm. the assembling, mm-hmm. is it? Some people say, well, TV's my church. No, that's not assembling. No. You're, you may be watching television, and I'm not opposed to that. Right. I mean, thank God for those that that's their, they have a part, but it's still not the local church. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the only way you can assemble together, mm-hmm. as the Word of God said. Forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some is, mm-hmm. and encouraging one another, right. exhorting one another, right. even the more so as you see yep. that day approaching. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to be obedient to the Word of God, we need a church family. Everybody needs a local church family. Right. And so uh, I thank God for all of our church people, those that prayed with me and for me uh, during this time. Uh, I thank God for them because I, you know, it's a possibility I might not be here right. today if mm-hmm. it hadn't have been for all the prayers that was lifted up mm-hmm. before God yep. in my behalf. Right, and I'm thankful for that. Amen. Thank yeah. God. So I, I just wanted <coughs> to throw that in, uh, you know, to, because uh, it, it's such an important thing, and I think especially these last few weeks. Uh, that it's helped me to even understand it in a deeper sense. Than, right. And I've always believed in the church, but it seems like there's just a, a deeper sense of knowing and understanding the importance of a local church family. Amen. That you can love and be a part of. Right. Amen. That's it. Amen. So uh, anyway, it's... Uh, You know, in the book of Amos, chapter 3, verse 3, it says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? And, uh, you know, if you see that, and like you were talking about earlier, uh, you know, we may be able to agree to disagree. Right. But still, if you're going to accomplish uh, you know, anything of uh, importance, I think, uh, you know, and really do a work for God, mm-hmm. there has to be agreement. Mm-hmm. There has to be. Yep. Because if there's not, 
and you say two of you are walking together, you one's going to be pulling one way mm-hmm. and the other's going to be pulling the other way. Right. And you're you're not going to, you know, get anything accomplished. That's true in the natural and it's also true in the spiritual. Right. You see. And uh, then also over in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter 3, and beginning at verse 9, it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. You see, if uh, two can accomplish more than one can, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just like even tonight, there, there's uh, the two of us, <laughs> you know, working here together, mm-hmm. sharing the things of God. But what would we do if we didn't have Josh over behind the scene right. doing his part? Right. You see. So the more you have mm-hmm. walking in agreement and in oneness and mm-hmm. unity, uh, the more you can accomplish. That's right. And uh, so... He said, two are better than one, and they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Right. You see, and we can see that in the natural, and then you can also see it in the spiritual. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when we fall, when we miss it, Mm-hmm. Uh, if we don't have anybody to help us, yeah. to encourage us, to pick us up, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Bible says, I believe it's over in the book of Galatians, it says, if any of you that are spiritual yeah. see a brother overtaken in a fault, he said, you which are spiritual, mm-hmm. go to that person and restore them in the spirit of meekness and consider yourself lest you be taken by right. the same temptation. Right. So so uh, I remember uh, hearing, uh, you know, Kenneth Hagin, uh, you know, uh, was one that I uh, studied after and followed his ministry for a good many years. Uh, but he was talking one time and he was asking the Lord. Uh, he said the church seemed to be the quickest to want to, Uh, you know, kick a person when they were Mm -hmm. down. And that's not what the Bible teaches. Uh, We say, well, I didn't think there's nothing to them anyway. Well, who are you to judge them? Mm -hmm. We have no right to judge them or pass sentence on them. Mm -hmm. And he said, "Uh, Lord, I want to know how come we don't do that. Mm -hmm. And the Lord answered him and said, the answer's in the verse. Right. <laughs> and so he said, uh, well, I, I know what it says, but I want to know why we don't do it. And he said, the answer's in the verse. And he read it again. He said, Lord, I know what it says. He could quote it. Mm-hmm. I think at one time he said he could quote over two-thirds of the New Testament by memory. You know? mm-hmm. He said, I know what it says, but what I'm asking you is, how come we don't do it? And he said, the answer is in the verse. Read it again. And he said the third time when he read it, and he said, if you see a a brother overtaken in a fault, ye which are spirit, 
oh, 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 he said, my God, I see it. Yeah. That means there ain't a spiritual, spiritual one among <laughs> a whole bunch of them. Right. And so, uh, you know, when when we see a, a Christian brother fall, being overtaken in mm-hmm. a fall, instead of trying to pass judgment on them and criticize them and, and you know, ex, ex, excise them, you know, mm-hmm. throw them out, we, if we have any spirituality about it, mm-hmm. we should love that brother or mm-hmm. sister, whoever it might be, and try to restore them, mm-hmm. do our best to restore them. Because who who are we to pass judgment on them? Yeah. You know. And, uh, you know, uh, it's like Jesus when they, uh, the woman who was taken in adultery, they brought her and said, Master, she was caught in the very act. Mm-hmm. And what what do you say that we should do about it? The law says she should be stoned. I always wondered where that dude was at. Yeah, exactly. You know, they brought the yeah. woman, but where was the man? Where was the man? Yeah. <laughs> you know. And uh, but Jesus stooped down and he began to write in in the dirt. You know, and uh, some say that he was probably writing down the commandments, or he mm-hmm. could have been writing down some of their own sins. Sins, right. One or the other, you know. And then he said, well, he said, which one of you is without sin? Let him cast the first stone. Mm-hmm. And uh, third, mm-hmm. third, 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 third. In other words, they began to drop their stones to the ground because they weren't a living, breathing one of them that was mm-hmm. without sin. <laughs> yeah. You know, except Christ. And so finally, all of them had thrown the rocks down and walked away. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, then Jesus said, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Mm-hmm. And she looked around. I'm sure she was shocked. And there was no, she said, Well, Lord, there is none. He said, That's right. Neither do I condemn thee. Mm-hmm. Go thy way. And sin no more. Right. Praise God. Mm-hmm. And you know, we John three sixteen is probably one of the first verses in the Bible we learn as a child. Mm-hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. But then verse 17 is just as equally important. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn right. the world. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, if if God does not condemn anybody, mm-hmm. who do we think we are? Right. And, uh, he said that God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, right. God will bring conviction, mm-hmm. and that's different. From condemnation. Mm-hmm. Condemnation will drive you away from God, but conviction will draw you to him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's why he was saying here, if if uh, the reason why we need to walk in oneness, in unity, mm-hmm. in agreement with one another to accomplish a goal is so if, and mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you're going to... There's no question about it. You're going to make some mistakes along the way at your very best. Right. You know, in First John uh, chapter 2, the Bible said, 
beloved. Well, now who's he talking? He's talking to the church. In uh, chapter 1, verse 9, he said, If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have no sin, then we make God out to be a liar and do not the truth. Right. Then chapter 2, verse 1 says, Beloved, you see, he, he, know, he mm-hmm. knew, he knew, mm-hmm. if we do sin, mm-hmm. then we have an advocate with the Father right. or a lawyer to plead our case, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ the righteous. Right. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. And thank God for his advocacy, right. that he's there to advocate for us and to help us. And uh, so we, we, we need, uh, you know, to walk in agreement and unity uh, with one another to accomplish things. Uh, and this, uh, I'll, I'll say this, and then I'll, I'll be, try to be quiet and <laughs> talk a little bit. Uh, but years ago, we were uh, wanting to build a fellowship hall on, on to the church in, uh, in 1985. Uh, and uh, so uh, we got together with our board, you know, our advisory board, and uh, we talked about selling church bonds. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I, I talked to, I think it was three different pastors that had done that. And had great success with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought if we're going to have to borrow money to do it, then I'd rather pay the interest back to our people rather than the bank. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, so they they all thought, you know, that that was a good idea and uh, that we should do that. And I said, well, I said, before we decide for sure, I said, let's pray about it for a couple of weeks. And when we get back together, if we all still... Uh, in agreement, and we all feel like it's a good thing, uh, then that's the way we'll go. And so we prayed for two weeks, and, uh, you know, uh, the more I prayed about it, the worse I felt. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand it. I thought, why? I mean, God, what these other churches did it and had good success. How, how come I don't feel right about it? And, uh, you know, uh, but uh, the more I prayed about it, I just felt worse and worse. So when the two weeks were up and we got back together, and uh, I told them, I, I said, look, I said, I don't know what's wrong. I said, but the more I've prayed about this thing, the worse I felt. Mm-hmm. And they all looked surprised, but one by one, each one of them said, well, you know, Pastor, I, I don't feel right about it either. Mm-hmm. So you see, there was unity there. Mm-hmm. We were all praying for the same goal and, you know, seeking God's guidance, but none of us felt good about it. Right. And so I said, well, we're not going to do it. Then. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why, but we're not going to do it. I said, we'll just pay as we go. Well, it took us two years to finish it, but it was paid for when it was, mm-hmm. finished, you know. Yeah. And in the meantime, we had a church split, mm-hmm. and we lost about 175 people. Yeah. And you see, God knew that was coming, mm-hmm. but we didn't. Right. You see. And so you see how the prayer of agreement, us praying for the same thing, the same purpose, the same goal, being in agreement, 
how that spared us. Uh, well, it, it hurt because the church had a split, mm-hmm. but it saved us financially because if we had done it, we wouldn't even have been able to make our uh, church payment, plus we wouldn't have been able to pay right. our people. Right. You know, so God knew that, <coughs> but we didn't. Yeah. And, and so that's why, uh, you know, as he said here in Ecclesiastes, uh, that, you know, you you need that agreement. Mm-hmm. You know, two is better than one. And then, then the Bible also said there's safety in a multitude of counselors. Right. And so uh, that is always, and, uh, you know, I've been at it a good many years, uh, almost 50 years altogether, but... Uh, it's always worked well. I, I'm not one of those that, uh, you know, it's my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. I, I've never liked that. There's some like it, and if that that's all right, that's them, but that's not me. Mm-hmm. I've always felt that, uh, you know, if we were, uh, you know, trying our best to be godly people and serve God with sincerity and with integrity, that if we if we prayed from our heart about these things, that God would give us unity. Mm-hmm. God would give us that peace right. about it, you see. And there's safety in that. Mm-hmm. And you can see by that example how God saved us a great mm-hmm. deal of pain. Yeah. Uh, you know, by, re, you know, keeping us from doing that, even though we didn't understand it at the time. Mm-hmm. But then after what happened, happened, we, we boy, we was thankful. We thanked mm-hmm. God that he, he knew ahead of time yeah. what was coming. Mm-hmm. And he spared us that misery, you see, right. of owing all that money and we, we wouldn't have been able to pay it. Mm-hmm. But thank God he knew and he spared us because, we had that agreement together. Mm-hmm. Now I'll, I'll look uh, on down here. Uh, he said also in the eleventh verse, he said again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? Right. You see, I think uh, you know. I would say that would be for a husband and wife. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, you can cuddle up and Mm -hmm. you can be warm, you know, in the cold. And it said, if one prevail against him, in other words, if somebody uh, comes to beat you up Mm -hmm. and you got a buddy standing there with you, Mm -hmm. it's going to be harder for him to do. Right. You know, and it said, if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Right. And so we can see that there's, Safety in number, mm-hmm. in a multitude of counselors, yep. in agreement. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's why. That's why it's so important to understand the power of agreement. Right. Yeah. I was thinking, you know, about Acts chapter two, where it talked about, you know, that they were they were in one accord. Yeah. And when you you think of the word accord. You know, a lot of times you'll hear on the news that two countries that were maybe at each other, they had a they they made a peace accord. Mm-hmm. Means they found common ground, they found an agreement that would thus cause peace. Mm-hmm. Now, 
Jesus, it was 50 days from the time that Jesus had resurrected, had rose again, until the Holy Spirit came. Mm -hmm. But Jesus was here on the earth for approximately 40 days after. So there was 150 people in the upper room, they say, roughly 120. 120. Jesus ascended back into heaven on the 40th day. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit didn't come because he said, go and tarry. So it took 10 days for 120 to get into agreement. Mm -hmm. You see, agreement don't always happen instantly. Mm -hmm. It take you, you, you can't agree with somebody that you don't know. Yeah. So that's why I, you know, I see the important, it took, it's just like with marriage. You know, I, I know, you know, when I first got married, I thought I knew my wife. I mean, we spent time together all the time. But, you know, you've heard it said when when you get married, you wake up next morning or after a week and go, who's that? Why? Because the more you get to know each other, you start finding out differences. You start finding out where there's disagreements, where there's friction. But then now look, 25 years later, what has happened is not that it's been my way is the highway all the time or her way is the high or the highway all the time. We know each other. We have a, 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 a unity. We have an accord because of the time spent together. So now it makes things easier. Why? Because we know each other. So it's easier for us to come into agreement, you know, and that's what amazed me about and that that you know that's the part where that's how I believe that agreement the power of agreement how it increases in you how you make it stronger is it's the importance when you come into agreement one with another just like in Acts chapter two who showed up mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. well I want him to show up so if he's going to show up if I got him in me and you got him in you, and we start coming together concerning a thing, then we've just put a double dose of the Holy Ghost on that situation. Yeah. So that one accord, it it takes time. You have to know that's why we can go back and, and talk about it. That's the importance of church family. That's why I always think it's important. Yes, we need to come in for the word. Yes, we need to be taught together. We need to worship together. But sometimes it's good just to fellowship together, break bread together. You know, why? Because then you start becoming familiar with those people so it's easier to be able to come into an accord together because you know that person. Yeah. uh, You're just talking about, uh, you know, uh, being married in your marriage. You certainly, uh, you know, have to learn mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. I don't care how long you've dated. Yeah. Until you start living together as husband and wife. Right. You really don't know everything uh, right. you thought you knew about that person. Exactly. Yeah. And but you learn each other. Mm-hmm. And according to First Peter chapter three, uh, he tells us that we're to uh, learn to dwell with them according to knowledge. Mm-hmm. You see, in other words, we, ha- and he's actually, he's talking 
basically to the husband here, uh, you know, and that uh, we we are to learn in First uh, Peter chapter three verse seven. He said, "Likewise, you husbands." Mm-hmm. So it's primarily our responsibility, but it works both ways, right? You know, learn dwell with them according to knowledge. In other words, you have to learn each other. Mm-hmm. It's like you said uh, when y'all first got married. Same way with me and my wife. Uh, we we had to learn each other. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we had. It's it's my responsibility to learn what my wife liked, right, and what she didn't like. Yeah, <laughs> you know? trial and, and error. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> the same with the wife towards her husband. Mm-hmm. She should learn what he likes and what he don't like. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I've I've heard uh, wives make this comment about their husband. Well, I'm going to do it. I don't care what they like. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. You're sinning. Right. I, you yep. know, you might as well just suck it up. Mm-hmm. You're a sinner. You're sinning when you when mm-hmm. you do that. You're not only sinning against your husband, mm-hmm. but you're sinning against God. Mm-hmm. And the same way with a yeah. husband towards his wife, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so he said, Likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, naturally speaking, usually the mm-hmm. husband is the stronger one mm-hmm. physically, but spiritually, mm-hmm. the, there's, the wife a lot of times is the more stronger sensitive. one, right. more sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, but it said we're to treat them with, in other words, as the weaker vessel, Mm -hmm. we're to treat them with honor and respect, Mm -hmm. you see. And uh, he said, uh, and being heirs together, Mm -hmm. you see, heirs together of the grace of life, why? Why? that your prayers be not hindered. Mm-hmm. You see, uh, and I, to be honest with you, I don't know anybody in this world mm-hmm. that I can agree with right. more than I can agree with my wife. That's right. Why? After 53 years of marriage, mm-hmm. I, well, I think I know her. <laughs> you know, uh, it seems like about every 10 years they change, though, Right. And you have to learn them all over again. But through the years, I mean, I, I can give you an example, uh, you know, of uh, Matthew 18 and 19, where it says that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them mm-hmm. of my Father which is in heaven. Right. Now, uh I can give you an example of the power of agreement and why a husband and wife, they must Mm -hmm. walk together like it said in Amos. Right. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Mm -hmm. You can't have the husband pulling one way and the wife pulling Mm -hmm. another. There has to be agreement. Mm -hmm. If that marriage is going to be successful, if that marriage is going to be blessed, Mm -hmm. if if it's going to you know, last. And, you know, uh, 
it should. Mm-hmm. Mar- marriage is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says, he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Yeah. And obtaineth the favor of the Lord. That's right. So so uh, marriage is a good thing, but uh, marriage is not just automatic. You have to work at it. Right. And uh, you have to fight for it. Mm-hmm. I've always said if anything's worth having, it's worth fighting for. Yeah. You know. And uh, so uh, I remember, uh, you know, we were, of course, young in the Lord. But, uh, you know, it come up uh, tax time, you know. And uh, we, for that year, we owed about uh, $1,200, I believe. Might have been just a little bit more, but somewhere around $1,200 in taxes. Mm -hmm. Well, this was, you know, back in the early 70s. And... Twelve hundred dollars then might as well have been twelve thousand because I didn't have it. <laughs> right. You know, and uh, I I didn't even know if the bank had that much money or mm-hmm. not. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you might think that's an exaggeration, but uh, I mean, boy, twelve hundred dollars back then to, to oh, me yeah. was big. You mm-hmm. know, and if you ain't got it, it is big. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so. I thought, well, maybe I could go to the bank and borrow it and make payments. Mm-hmm. I, I, did, I know that I couldn't pay it off in one lump sum. Yeah. I'd going to have to make payments, and maybe till the next tax time I'd have it paid off. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, I, I got, got studying about this scripture, you know, and uh, me and my wife talked about it, and uh, we said, well, let, let, let's don't borrow the money. He said, let's let's pray. This Bible, this scripture says, if any two of you, mm-hmm. well, it, it 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 I believe especially it says any two, mm-hmm. but I believe especially this verse of scripture ought to work best for a husband and wife, right? Because I don't know nobody as well as I know my wife, right? I mean, I know people, but I don't know them as good as I know my wife. Mm-hmm. I know how she lives. I know what she stands for. I know what she believes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've learned that about her over the years. Right. You know, and uh, so uh, I, th- this this verse ought to, ought to work for husbands and wives if it's going to work for anybody. Amen. And uh, so we decided we're going to pray and we're going to believe this word. Mm-hmm. You see, and so we we knelt down together and we prayed according to this scripture, and uh, we asked the Lord in faith to provide that money to pay our taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, without us having to borrow it. And uh, so, uh, I'm I'm just, to be honest, uh, we prayed about it and thank God for for providing it, and I forgot about it. <laughs> now this we it's uh you know we they try to get the you uh what do you call it you w two form mm-hmm. and all out real early and uh so they we we had done got our w two form we knew how much we was gonna have to pay and uh, but we had a couple of months two or three months there you know to believe you know. And, and honestly, after we prayed and thanked God for it and agreed on it, mm-hmm. I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was on my way, and it was in April, 
about April the 10th or something where along there. And, you know, they're due deadline by the 15th, I believe. I believe mm-hmm. it's still like that. And uh, I was going to the hospital in Concord to visit somebody. And uh, I got up there. I could show you right the spot, almost, uh, you know, where the uh, fruit stand is, mm-hmm. on 601 there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wasn't quite to the fruit stand there, just had crossed that little bridge there. And right there, I mean, all of a sudden, the devil said, what you going to do about them taxes? <laughs> you don't have a dime, much less $1,200. Mm-hmm. And and he weren't lying. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, if the devil's ever told the truth, he told the truth. <laughs> and uh, fear tried to hit me. I mean... Boy, I thought, Lord, have mercy. What, 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 what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. But immediately, I said, oh, wait, 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 wait. I said, Mr. Devil, just in case you forgot, mm-hmm. I said, don't you remember back there in January when me and my wife knelt down in that uh, at that couch in our little home, you know, mm-hmm. and we agreed together according to Matthew 18 and verse 19. Mm-hmm. And it says, if any two of you, well, we are two, husband and wife, and it says, if you shall agree on earth, well, that's where we at, we on earth, as touching anything, mm-hmm. well, Taxes is anything. Mm-hmm. Amen. That they shall ask, it shall be done for them mm-hmm. of the Father which is in heaven. Mm-hmm. I said, Mr. Devil, I want you to know that that need is already met. I don't have a need. I don't have a care. I don't have a worry in the world. Mm-hmm. And I meant it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the peace of God came over me, and I went on to the hospital and done my visiting. Mm-hmm. I still didn't have the $1,200. Mm-hmm. But as far as I was concerned, it's already met. It was met back there in January right. when my wife and I agreed on mm-hmm. it. Well, come up uh, Sunday, you know, and after the service, there was a man walked up to me, and he said, God's been talking to me. And I thought, well, that's good, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I was waiting on him to tell me what God said, you mm-hmm. know. And he, he said again, God's been talking to me. And I'm still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and the third time, and God's been talking to me. And finally, I just I said, "Well, what's he been saying?" Yeah, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I, yeah, I know he said you said he'd been talking. Yeah. I want to know what what's he been telling you. And he walked over to me and handed me a check for one thousand mm-hmm. dollars. And with that one thousand dollar check, and with our weekly salary, mm-hmm. we had more than enough to pay our taxes. Right. That's the power of the prayer of agreement. Right. And we've used it over the years about a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Believe God. Yeah. And God has never failed us, not one time. Yeah. And that 
you know, Mark chapter 10, verses 7 through 9, that come to me when you, we were talking about that. And it says, and it also says, I think in Genesis 2, uh, it, it, it talks about this too, but it says, for this reason, uh, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Why? So then they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. You see, the power of agreement is another way of saying that is the power of one. Because when you come into agreement, you're now one. It's the same thing as, uh, you know, anybody, and you know enough about music to know this, like on guitars or on a, a piano, there's notes individually. You have a C note. You have a G note. You know, you have an A, you have an E. But to play a C chord, you can't play a chord singular. Uh, one note, mm -hmm. that's a note. That's different than a chord. Mm -hmm. Like the Bible in Ecclesiastes, a threefold chord. Mm -hmm. Why? Because when you put in a chord, there's two different other notes that come with that main root note. Mm -hmm. their, sound, their sound is different, but when you play all three together, they're in agreement as one. Mm -hmm. Now, you let if you play a chord, you let, like in the C chord, if you, you let, the e, let the E go sharp, uh-uh, boy, it don't sound right. So you ha if somebody gets out of agreement, now we're not one, and it will cause, you know, it's the same way with like a symphony. Who would pay thousands of dollars and dress up in a tuxedo and go listen to one person play a violin? Or who would go and listen to a cello by itself or a, mm -hmm. a flute by itself or, a, a you know, a, a bass uh guitar, any of that. By, yeah. But when you put them all together with one person conducting, which we could use as the Holy Spirit, yeah. now that, that all those different instruments have become one to create what we call an orchestra that makes a mighty and a great and pleasant sound. Yeah. Or could you imagine somebody beating on a drum? And he, yeah, he just does. by itself, <laughs> you know. And, you know, and that's the other thing is, you know, we see how the power of agreement, it increases. Yeah. It brings increase to us when we're in agreement. But not only that, it can change our world and not only our world, but those around us. Yeah. And I got to thinking about you. You talked about this Sunday a little bit with the four lepers that sit outside the gate. Mm -hmm. Now, inside the gate, they were uh, eating doves dung, yeah. and donkey heads. They've been talking about eating their children. I mean, it was bad. Yeah, I'm talking you got to be hungry, and it's got to be bad to eat dust dung and donkey head, and then on top of that, sacrifice a child. Yeah. Now, these four lepers couldn't go in. Mm -hmm. They they were, you know, been ostracized. You got to stay out, excommunicated. Mm -hmm. But on down the road was gypsies, and all of them had all that gold, had all the... And that army was over there, had all those possessions. Now, these four lepers didn't know what all was going on inside the gate, mm -hmm. didn't know what all was going on down the road. But that one leper said, well, why sit we here and die? Mm -hmm. We need to get up and do something. Mm -hmm. But if we go into the city, they're going to kill us. If we go out here and, and run into this army, they might kill us. 
But irregardless, if we sit here and do nothing, we're going to die. Mm-hmm. But all four got in an agreement. Mm-hmm. Now, when they said that, when they made that agreement, they didn't know what God was already doing yeah. and working. And he caused confusion in that army. Mm-hmm. And they all left, and it said that them lepers went strolling up, and now here's all this gold, here's all this food, and they're sitting here eating it. And then they said, well, wait a minute. It's shameful for us, and I'm paraphrasing, mm-hmm. but it's shameful for us to sit here and keep yeah. all this to ourselves. Let's go and tell. And they went into the city and told the city, and then, you know, the prophecy the day before was, by this time tomorrow, mm-hmm. they'll be buying and selling in the gate. Mm-hmm. Well, you see, those four lepers got into an agreement. Not only did it change their circumstance, but that power of agreement with them four changed that whole city's situation. Mm -hmm. So you see, the Bible says one can put a 1,000 to flight. Two can put 10,000 to flight. What happens when a body of believers gets together in unity? You know, we always talk about agreement, but and we've talked a lot about one and two. Mm -hmm. One, two people getting together, three people. Mm -hmm. But just like in Matthew, when it says, when two or three gather, gather in my name. Well, up before that, he says, whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Mm -hmm. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And, or again, Mm -hmm. that's that's a conjunction. Mm -hmm. That joins 1818 to 1819. Mm -hmm. So when he's saying you... If I'm sitting here talking to you, that I can say, hey, you. Mm-hmm. But also, if I'm on the pulpit looking out at the congregation, they have now become you. When I point to them, I say, you, the congregation as a whole now, is you. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's a power there when we get everybody together, mm-hmm. you know. And then uh, Psalms 133, and I, I use this a lot for the church where he said, Behold, how good and pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in what? Unity. Why? It's like the precious oil upon the head running down the beard of Aaron. And I went into that about Aaron's beard, that's headship. And there's things you can't get outside of being in church. Mm -hmm. The only way you're going to get it is in church. Mm -hmm. But I didn't really push on to this until I was thinking about it today. And he said, it's like the dew of Harmon descending upon the mountains of Zion. Now, listen, for there, where? Where there's unity, mm-hmm. where, where there's an accord been made, for there the Lord commanded the blessing. Mm-hmm. When you get into unity and God commands a blessing, there's not a devil in hell can stop that blessing from coming. That's exactly right. So you see, there's power in unity. Mm-hmm. There's the importance of being together in like faith, you know, and all the different people we've had in our church body that's been through a, a cancer scare or been through things when we've all pulled together. Did all of them get healed? No. But we still pulled together to support that family. Why? Because there's things that you're going to come across. There's a burden of weight. Yeah, the Bible talks about God won't put on you more than you can bear. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I can carry 50 pounds by myself easy, and you can carry 50 pounds easy. And everybody says, well, yeah, now y'all together could carry 100. No, actually, we could carry more than that mm-hmm. when we work what? Together. Yeah. 
more can get done. And that's how unity increases not only us, you know, like in marriage, it increases our marriage, but unity in a body of believers, not it now increases our surrounding. It changes our world. And, you know, in Acts chapter 2, they were in one accord. Suddenly that rushing mighty wind come in. Then you see Peter get out and preach the most famous, most powerful sermon probably ever been preached. Now go on a few chapters down, and they're going into Philip's house, the, the government leaders, wanting to know, uh, are these those that, that turn the world upside down, have they come here also? Mm-hmm. So you see they were in agreement, and when the Holy Spirit gets in the middle of that, anything is possible. That's right. And, you know, the more you have together mm-hmm. in agreement, the more power is made available. Right. You know, you think about uh, this. In the book of James, chapter 5, is talking about Elijah uh, was a man subject to like passion as we. Uh, and... Uh, it said that he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now, uh, up above that, he said, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. Now, that don't mean blab it over all over right. the whole church. Mm-hmm. It just means you find somebody, a confidant, mm-hmm. who you have confidence in, who you uh, know that has uh, integrity, uh, that you can honestly and openly pour out your heart to and know that they're not going to tell it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. If, if <laughs> it's nobody else's business. And really, if you, uh, you know, have a person like that and they go and tell what you told them in confidence, then they've sinned, mm-hmm. you see. And uh, I know we we have been, con- uh, you know, uh, accused, my wife and I, of, you know, breaking our con- the mm-hmm. person's confidence or trust. Mm-hmm. But whenever I have counseled with uh, anybody, and uh, especially sometimes a man, now I don't counsel a woman by myself. Right. Uh, I learned that early. Mm-hmm. You don't. You don't mm-hmm. do that. And uh, so, but when I, you know, I can counsel a man, <coughs> and sometimes they uh, want to share thing, intimate things with you. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, is, and, and I've always asked them when, when we finished our talking, mm-hmm. you know, I'd say, now, can I share this with my wife so that we can agree together mm-hmm. and pray? But if they say, no, don't tell nobody. Right. I said, you got my word. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when I'd go home, my wife say, well, what, what was that about? I said, I'm not at liberty to say mm-hmm. I said, I can't. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I, she said, yeah. I understand. And uh, so then, yeah, you know, we had been visiting in another home mm-hmm. in the church and hear them talking about the thing that I was told in confidence mm-hmm. not to tell. Mm-hmm. 
And me and my wife would look at one another and think, how did they know that? Mm-hmm. And But then we got accused of right. breaking their confidence. Mm-hmm. And so, so uh, you know, I, and God is my witness, and I'll, I'll give an account before God when I stand before him. But I can honestly say, as far as I know, I have never broken anybody's trust mm-hmm. or confidence. If they've told me something in confidence and say, don't tell another soul, I gave them my word, and I've never told it to my wife or mm-hmm. nobody else. Yeah. Because uh, I'd be sinning not only against them but against God if, if i done that. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't want to be in that position, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then he said, so in other words, you find someone that you uh, know is a confidant, Mm-hmm. that has integrity, that you know when they give you their word, it's rock solid. Mm-hmm. They better not nobody else in the church find out about it, not from you anyway. Right. And uh, it says then, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Mm-hmm. Now that's one man. Mm-hmm. I like what the... Amplified says, it says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like dynamite. Yeah, exploded. and that's one that's person. one person. But if you can get two people mm-hmm. in agreement, how much more powerful it is. Right. Or if you can get a whole church body mm-hmm. in agreement. Mm-hmm. It's multiplied many times over. Mm-hmm. That's why the Bible says one can put a thousand to fly, mm-hmm. two can put ten thousand mm-hmm. to fly, and if it's a whole church body, we can raise hell. Exactly. That message you preached, yeah, a, a few Sundays ago. Yeah. R A Z E. Yeah. Not R A I S E, but R A Z E, yeah. and that means to. Stir up hell. Yep, to tear it down. I tell you, when, when the devil see, that's why he tries to work so hard in a church body and stir up trouble mm-hmm. is because he don't want us to know what the Word of God says, and he wants us to be at one another mm-hmm. gossiping. Mm-hmm. I, I like what John Osteen said one time. Uh, <clears throat> you know, people, they get together and, uh, really, what a wrinkle is is gathering in the wrong places. That's right. And the Bible talks about mm-hmm. without spot or wrinkle. wrinkle. Yeah, that that there's gatherings in the wrong places, mm-hmm. and they're talking about the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's what a wrinkle is, according to the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, so, but he said people that, and he said especially women. I, I don't know why he said that, mm-hmm. but anyway. Uh, they they get together and gossip, and uh, you know they might have been a man or two in it as well, but uh, and be talking about other people in the church. And he said their tongues, along with gossip, they could stand in the living room and lick a spoon in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. And so uh, you know that's funny, you know, and we laugh at it, but uh, how how true that is. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and we we want to act so holy and so pious, whatever mm-hmm. that means, <laughs> you know, and and uh, you know we're this, you know, all with God just mm-hmm. like this, you know, and uh, if, if we're a gossiper, then we're sinning uh, uh, not only against the people we're talking about, but we're sinning against God. Mm-hmm. And one thing the Bible said, uh, you know, it t- says there's. Uh, seven things that God hates. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that God hates is causing discord or mm-hmm. gossiping among the brethren. Mm-hmm. God hates that. But that's why the devil will try to get in and use it to break that agreement, yep. to break that oneness, that unity, that peace. Yeah, that uh, and that that's what about. discord is. You know, you go back to Ecclesiastes, and he said a threefold cord. What it a cord is a, the intertwining of singular twines mm-hmm. strings to make one strong yeah. cord. When you discord, you're disassembling mm-hmm. the unity, the strength. Yeah. yeah. So that's where you know that is important. Um, well, we went over, but you got any last uh, well, statements we or something you want? We might talk a little bit about this uh, yeah, next week. We might pick you back know. up on it again next week. Uh, and then if we get into something else, that would be fine. But, uh, yeah. uh, again, <laughs> I hope that you've, you know, gotten something out of this that we've talked about tonight. And, again, before we go off of the air, I want to tell you again, if you don't have a local church body, I'm telling you that's strong on my heart. God wants you to be a part of a body of believers. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're not going to make it on your own. You're not going to make it just watching TV preaching. Mm-hmm. You need to find a local church where you can be a part of and you can get involved because he said, forsake not mm-hmm. the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. That was a problem even in Paul's day. Mm-hmm. That The apostle Paul, according to most scholars, was the author of the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 10, 25. And you say, well, why, why do I have to go to church? Well, for, first of all, you, you, you need that fellowship mm-hmm. with like-minded believers, you need to hear the teaching and the preaching of God's Word because faith comes by hearing, mm-hmm. hearing by the Word of God, and without faith you can't please God. And then uh, and there's that, uh, he said, and exhort one another. Mm-hmm. Encourage one another. Mm-hmm. Well, if you ain't there, you can't be exhorted. Mm-hmm. You can't be encouraged. Mm-hmm. Even the more so, as you see that day, what day? The coming of the Lord. That's right. You see it's approaching. And uh, if if we've ever been in the last days, it's now. Mm-hmm. We're Matter of fact, the last days began in the book of Acts. Yeah. And uh, so uh, if it began then, the prophecy of Joel, chapter 2, was fulfilled partially, mm-hmm. not, not totally, but that's where it began. That's where that prophecy 
was put in process, but it's still processing. Mm-hmm. Because he said in the last days, he would pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody ain't got it yet. No. No. <laughs> so uh, that's why I said, you've you got to have that local body of believers and be a, belong to it, be a part of it, and get in agreement with what that church is doing. Catch the vision mm-hmm. and get in it and help out, and you'll be blessed. You'll be a lot better off in it than you will without it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, if you uh, have enjoyed this tonight, just in the comments, just type, I agree. <laughs> Whether you agree with everything or not, you agree that the Word of God is true, and the Word of God will change your life. Listen, if you've got something, a topic that you would like to hear us discuss, write it in the comments, whether you YouTube, Facebook, whatever. Let us know. We'll look at those and we'll come up with something sometime soon. We'll discuss these topics that you're wanting to know about and what God's Word says about them. But until next week, God bless you. Have a blessed and a phenomenal week. And remember, whatever you're facing, there's power in agreement. Until next week, God bless you.